0: This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation
1: Hi, and welcome to episode one hundred and seven of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm we, are, excuse me, are a proud member of Edument Podcast Network. I'm Lisa Nowakowski, a new um, instructional technology coach in South Monterey County, here in California.
0: And congratulations, Lisa, on your new job! So exciting. I am Nancy Minicotzi. I am an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. And just want to remind you that we have a 15 minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. No, we don't. And today our guest is from Spain. Um, she lives here in
1: California, but she is originally from Spain. So in honor of our guest today, uh, we have a list on how to order coffee the next time you are in Spain. And I don't know if, Anna, if you had seen the list or not. Um, hopefully it's accurate. Um, so mm-hmm. the one that I thought was the most interesting, of course, was Café Carajillo. Did I say that right? Carajillo. Uh-huh. Thank you. And it. Not one. <laughs> and it contains alcohol and can be made with either brandy, whiskey, uh, aracet, or rum. Uh-huh. And you may have to specify the alcohol that you want in when you order the uh, the coffee. Um, and sometimes you can ask which one that they recommend. Uh, you can order these at the local ice cream shops, too. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So as I said, um, our guest today is Ana Alvarez, who will be talking to us about yoga with kids. This is really exciting. So Ana, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do.
2: So as you said, I'm from Spain. I moved to California 20 years ago, and I became a, a, a teacher here in King City. I've been teaching here for almost 20 years, and prior to that, I was living in England and I was starting my teaching career there and I taught there for three years and then life happens and here I am.
1: And we are so lucky to have you, Um, so full disclosure, Anna works in uh, the same district that I do. Um, And we're Mm -hmm. very fortunate to have her and her husband working in the same district with us. You are going to be talking to us about yoga in the classroom. I'm super excited about this, and I know um, you're really um, new into this and really excited. Mm -hmm. So you've recently became certified to teach yoga to kids, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this something that you plan to incorporate into your classroom in the upcoming year?
2: I've been practicing yoga as a beginner really for a few years now, and I have done the little rainy day yoga session here or when uh, something happens and you want your kids to just breathe so they can calm down. So little things here and there, but I never thought I was going to get certified. Then um, COVID-19 happened and I think that brought a lot of changes for all of us and for me uh, the thing that was more shocking is that even though I am chaos in my personal life, I'm very chaotic, the classroom is my little place. It's the only place where I thought I had control. Then the pandemic happened, I, I lost control of my teaching environment and after some reflection, I realized that if you try to control everything, you don't enjoy nothing. So, I thought to myself, let's put into practice what I'm learning with yoga, uh, shift gears in the classroom, and be the yogi, be the teacher that lets that let go. So that gave me, that pushed my creativity. The, the new schedule we had gave me flexibility. So I was able to get certified and I'm forever I will ever I forever will be thankful for that.
1: That's a wonderful way to look at that, just taking something that you're out of control with and bringing it back into your own control and feeling comfortable. So how do you get certified to teach yoga to kids?
2: So uh, I did a lot of research to see what was the best program out there. And the good news is that because of COVID-19, they lifted the restrictions. Uh, in the past, you had to do it on-person. You, you were not able to get certified online, but obviously they couldn't do it. And they also had great deals in some of the programs. And I finally opted for Sitting Around Yoga, which is an international organization and teaches yoga through songs, games, and storytelling. So things that I love to do with my kids and that were lots of fun and that, but actually, had me laughing when I was trying to learn the the songs and dance around.
1: That so sounds really fun.
2: We had mentors. Uh, you had a person to, to to go to and ask questions. And uh, I'm very I'm very proud of of this acclo-
1: accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did it take you to get certified? Three months. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the whole time mm-hmm. that we were in lockdown, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, why do you think or do you feel that yoga is beneficial to the students? I know you touched on it a little bit um, about mm-hmm. the breathing and whatnot, but can you go in a little bit more into depth in that?
2: Yeah. So, so what I realized after doing the training and and I'm continuing the training with now going to 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 be able to teach adults is that that uh, yoga always fosters the, the habit of making you a, a lifelong learner. You are constantly learning when you are practicing every day. You, you are never an expert. And as I said before, before the pandemic, we did it here and, and there. But now our priorities have shifted tremendously. When we go back to school, I believe that social emotional learning has to be our top priority. We're going to have to teach our kids how to live in this new normal. And more importantly, we're going to have to teach them how to coexist in a different way that we want to be together, but we have to be apart. So diving deep into the program when I was doing the the course, I realized that challenging is not always better. And in the classroom, it's always we're trying to challenge people, and that's not necessarily good. So that makes me think a lot about my, my practice, that I need to learn more about the things I shouldn't be saying. We had to follow many script, scripted programs during the years, and they tell you what to say word by word, but they never tell you when to be quiet and listen. and those things that we shouldn't be saying. I think that the ultimate goal of yoga is bringing everybody together, engaging the students, making them participate and, and, and to let them know that they are going to be successful. So what we always talk about, and Lisa, you are an expert on that, engagement, inclusivity, and letting kids know that everybody can do something at some
1: level that's such a great message and i love that you're focusing on looking at the fall and how and we've all heard it in all of our teacher groups whether it's on twitter facebook or other in the social emotional aspect of what we as teachers are going to need to do and i think um, you bringing in the yoga is such a beautiful thing um, so, what other benefits do you see, you know, with the students and the yoga?
2: Well, so, uh, it reduces the stress and anxiety in a big way. Just the moment you you know, when you ask someone to breathe, it is impossible to be upset at the same time because those two functions cannot go together. So, it improves attention as fun. For English language learners, I think it's awesome because through a yoga story, you are making them listening to your cues, to your commands, and they don't have the threat of that being the only command they listen to because you are also demonstrating so they can follow you and they can feel they can do it while they are getting the language that you you are using. So I think it develops vocabulary in a wonderful way. You can have thematic classes. All your yoga stories can be about different animal poses. And then you can teach all this language about about animals. Uh, Just to give you a little example, then not only that, uh, balance and posture. You are working with the gross motor skills there. We see many of our kids um, are not healthy. They are uh, overweight. They can have an unhealthy diet so they cannot even balance. So I think it's important that we give them things that maybe they cannot access in, in, in other ways. Um, it promotes uh, mindfulness. And mindfulness, I was wrong when I thought it was about going blank and not thinking about uh, anything that's not mindfulness. Mindfulness is paying attention to what you are doing in the moment. So by meditate with a guided meditation, Before an activity, you are getting your kids to focus on the activity because it proves attention span so much. Uh, Most importantly, I think it encourages self-love. You are taking care of yourself and your body. It encourages respect for yourself. And you're never going to love others or respect others if you don't love yourself uh, first. So I think it's important that you start learning that since they are little. Because it took me 46 years to
1: learn it. I wish I had had that experience before. And I love that you you know incorporate. You're looking at not just the health of a student, but you're also looking at our ELL learners, which in our area we have a lot mm-hmm. of, um, and all of those things. Can you talk a little bit more about yoga stories? You kind of touched on that, and I know that goes into um, the next question is about incorporating mm-hmm. yoga with other subjects. Can you elaborate a little bit more on yoga stories? Yes. Yeah, for
2: example, so as I told you, the 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 course I follow is big on relating the poses, integrating the poses into a narrative because there is no better way to get to get kids' attention than a story. You have to be a great storyteller. So if you, for example, um, are working on getting the kids from a sitting position to an standing position and you say, you can only do it with three poses. And then you can have your little um, deck of yoga cards the kids have to pick three randomly, or you can do it ahead on purpose. They get, for example, the cat, the lion, and the butterfly. And they have to come up with a story that uses those three animals and gets them from sitting to a standing position. So you are promoting movement, you're promoting flexibility, you are developing language, and then you are going into the narrative structure. Your story doesn't have to be long, but it has to have a beginning, a middle and an end. You are teaching with a good yoga sequence, you are teaching a sequence of events. The cues are commands, so you, you, you there you have your grammar. I always hated teaching grammar in isolation. What better way to do it than through a meaningful and, 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 and a, an activity with a purpose. When you are doing a guiding meditation, not only they have to be listening to you Telling again a short story about how to get to this magical place where you are totally relaxed. And here, teachers, we can go crazy writing a story. You can incorporate your own lessons, but think about teaching uh, how to visualize, visualization skills. They have their eyes closed and they have to be visualizing what you, what you say. So uh, cause and effect. How did you feel? How do you feel now after meditating or your practice? I feel great. Why do you feel great? Because I did yoga or I did this or did that. So there is an immediate cause and effect relationship there. I think the possibilities are endless, and and I have not had the chance to do all this with the kids yet. So I can't wait to go do it and see their response because they're going to be giving me even better ideas. All my good ideas come
1: from them. After all, that was our timer. So that gives us um, one more minute. So, is there anything else that you would like to add to this? Um, we do have the information um, for those of you who are interested in this. Um, so Anna gave us the information. Well, that will be in our show notes. But Anna, do you have any um, additional information or words of wisdom for us? Uh, yeah,
2: I think that. It- we are teachers and, and and we are here to to always serve the best interests of our students so we have to try not to make things hard and to engage to encourage participation and to make people feel successful because i think everybody can at some level do something and the number one quality of a yogi is humility and this is also true for teachers so that's my goal for
1: the upcoming year. Those are excellent words for our listeners and for the rest of us as well. And I'm going to be dropping in your classroom next year, by the way.
2: <laughs> I hope <laughs> Just to, so, yeah.
1: Yes, to check it out. So I want to thank um, our listeners for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. Uh, so our comment question for today is, how will you bring
0: mindfulness
1: to your classroom in the 2021 school year?
0: Please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do, please help other people to find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if you would like to be a guest yourself, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. We'll see you next time.